Let's do this. The Cult of Hockey podcast by the faithful and for the faithful. I'm David Staples of the Edmonton Journal, and I'm here today with Casey Kesselring. Casey Kesselring is the father of Michael Kesselring, who is a top Oilers prospect. Welcome to the podcast, Casey. Nice to be here. Thanks. Yeah, glad I'm glad you could come on. And, and you're a longtime coach. Let's get into that a little bit. Um, where, he, where have you been a hockey coach? Uh, the coaching side of it, uh, after I was done playing, I moved, my wife's from Manchester, New Hampshire, and I'm from Kitchener, Ontario. I played college hockey in the U.S., played five years in the minors, and then moved back to Manchester, wanted to stay in hockey, coached a public high school team, which high school hockey in New England's pretty decent. For 10 years, I had Zach Sanford, the kid that won the cup with St. Louis last year, uh, and a few other Division One players, and then um, moved on from there to New England Prep School to uh, I was the head coach at New Hampton school for six years. So, and then now I'm still looking for another, other opportunities and coaching split midget teams out here and do spring hockey and all that stuff. So, so uh, when you're coaching hockey in the United States at that level, is that a full-time job as a high school coach? Is that, is that, a, uh, it, or is it it's well, something you, after school kind of thing that you do extra? Most of the guys in the New England prep work at the schools. So they had, they either teach or they work in admissions or something like that. My wife worked full-time at the school and I was already in the hockey business. So technically I was part-time, but it's really full-time work. It's the leagues, the league I would tell people from back home, it's like a U19 league. So okay. you'll have, because a lot of the kids, they'll, the schools will get them to repeat in school and do an extra year of high school. So you can have 19-year-olds. So it's mostly 15 to 19-year-olds that are playing the level of play. Like, I know you guys drafted Thomas Missouri the year after Michael was drafted. He plays yeah. at Union, which is like, they're like a powerhouse in prep school. So, you know, the top teams, the Kimball Unions, the Salisbury's, they'll have eight, seven to maybe 10 Division One committed kids or kids that'll play D1 down the road on their team. And they'll have some good Division Three players. And, you know, your fourth-line guys probably won't play college hockey. That's kind of the... It's a little bit more disparity where they don't have the depth that like junior hockey would have back home. So um, the top players are very good. There's always draft picks every year out of the New England prep. I know the one player Michael plays with that uh, at Northeastern Struble was a second rounder yeah. um, year after with Montreal. So they get top kids will play prep. The education's fantastic. Uh, you can't beat it. They're international schools like New Hampton School was a. Uh, it has 320 students from 30 different countries and 30 different states. So um, the education piece is great, what the kids get of it besides the sports, but sports are also pretty big at those schools, and hockey's one of the big sports. So so what was your, what's your kind of, as a coach, what do you, at that level, what's your focus? What are you, what are you, what are you really working on? Um, I mean, development's the biggest thing. You have, and you have a different, everybody, kids have different goals. Like you, you have a player like a Missouri or a Michael that, you know, they have, a, they want to be division one hockey players. So you're trying to, you yeah. have those kids that want to be D one players. Scouts are at our games. And then you have guys that come in and they know they're going to be division three players. And that's okay. Some of the top academic schools, like uh, you'll hear them talk about the NESCAC is like the Ivy league of D three. So a lot of kids will come to prep because they want to go to a NESCAC school, which is like Williams, Amherst, Middlebury. The hockey's very good. And there's some of the toughest schools in the country to get into. And they take a lot of prep school kids. So you have other kids that maybe hockey's their second sport. They might be a lacrosse. I coached a couple national champions that were national championship lacrosse players in college, but they played hockey their whole life and they'll play prep school hockey before the lacrosse season. So it's a, it's a pretty cool environment. So uh, do you have other kids as well, other than Michael? 
Yeah, I have a daughter that's a basketball player. She'll be a senior next year in school. And then I have an I have an 04 that's a hockey player. So Mason, my youngest is Mason. So he'll be, we're going to Cushing. My wife took a job at Cushing Academy. So people might've heard Cushing's a pretty famous prep school. I've had yeah. a lot of Olympics and NHL guys. So he'll play at Cushing next year for Coach Jacobs. All right. So, so you coach Michael yourself, you coached your own son. Um, just tell yep. me about his development when he was in high school. Cause I noticed just, I mean, it's not unusual for players to get more points each year in high school, but Michael's uh, certainly did that. He, he seemed to take, take a bigger offensive role, at least from the stats. So just tell me about his, yeah, his development I, as a high schooler. Yeah. Coaching your own son can be a little challenge. I actually coached him since he was little. So he yeah. was one of Kids, it was really good. Like we were in Edmonton. He played in the brick for John Tonelli with the oh, Yankees, yeah. with the Connecticut Yankees when it was his brick year. Uh, it's actually funny. You look at the draft, you see all the kids that play in that tournament. It's pretty amazing. But uh, uh, and then going to he was always really good younger. He was a late bloomer, kind of like I was as far as hitting puberty and maturing and growing. So he came into prep school at 5'10", 135 pounds as a true freshman and a lot of true freshmen can't play prep school hockey. And I remember my assistant coach looking at me going, we got to play Michael. He's our, he's our sixth best guy. And we put him with like a 96. It was six, three, two twenty, And he kind of protected him. And, you know, his second year, he was definitely felt more comfortable. And by the time his third year, he was every year, he just kept getting better and better. His third year, he was, you know, really good playing first unit power play. And we had a, his defense partners, a kid from Fergus, Ontario, Luke Albert, who's at Brown now. And, you know, they were really good together. And then his senior year, he was just, you know, he was one of the better guys in New England. So it was just, he came in playing young and then he got more ice time as he got older. And, you know, that's the thing about prep school. The top kids play a lot. You got to play your top guys a lot to win games. So he got the opportunity to play a lot and develop in prep school. So he went from 5'10 to about 6'4 by the time he was in his senior year? And his freshman year, about six foot his second year, 6'2 his third year, and he was 6'4 senior year. So he just kept... You know, I remember talking to the college guys and I, I could see it coming and they're like, I'm like, listen, like he, he's big and he's got talent. Like he, and then all of a sudden his junior year, that's when all the schools started to really watch him. How was his skating throughout this whole period? Um, I'd say it's been pretty good. It's, it's, I think it's always hard for bigger defensemen. They, they take more time to develop and get your legs under you. And he's not a thick body. Like you've seen him live. Like you yeah. see him out of equipment. He still looks thin now, but he's 210 pounds. Like we can we see it cause we see him all. He comes back from school. His legs are bigger. Like he's getting thicker. Like, um, but yeah, he wasn't a naturally a big heavy, like a Pareko. That's just a massive man. So, yeah. you know, he needed That's why college such a great route for Michael. Cause he needed time to develop. He was drafted by the Remparts could have played in the queue, but you know, we were kind of that path and getting the education was always something that was important to us. And being a new England kid going to college, playing college hockey and hockey East is a big deal. So he's now 6'5", 210, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a pretty good size for a, uh, a hockey player, obviously. Um, yeah. And so he went to the US USHL, and I believe it was, uh, he, he played uh, briefly one year. Yeah. And then in his second year, he took off halfway through the year when he got traded. What happened there? Why, why the sudden improvement in statistical performance? He was drafted by Des Moines. So at the end of his prep season, we had already arranged it that he would go out there and play. Yeah. It's important for him to get a level, get used to the level. And it's, you know, the mental side of things. I think the USHL is very good for the Canadian people out there. Like my aunts and uncles ask me, oh, you know, could they beat the junior BT? I go, no, they could play the Kitchener Rangers and the game would be yeah. more competitive than those teams want to admit. But 
Um, and the league's very deep too. That's the other difference because the fourth line kids are going to play Division One in the USHL, so it's really okay. competitive for ice time and everything. So when he went to Des Moines, they had seven D. They were doing a seven D rotation. He was playing okay, and I thought Gene Riley did a good job. And you know, he had it was just a maturation of a player. Like his ice time went down from prep. He had to adjust to it, and you know, I th- I think the mental toughness of being able to prepare and be ready to play, even if it's less minutes, was important. And then. You know, he, we didn't force the trade, but they traded him right after Christmas to Fargo. And, and uh, Coach Eads, who's a Western Canadian guy, um, he just gave him more opportunity. He's playing for, you're playing first unit power play. I mean, that's, there's no secret. You're a defenseman. That, you get points on the power play. So he went there, got 22 points in like 32 games, and ended up being top 10 in the league and scoring for D. So it, it's all about opportunity everywhere you go. I think that's the big thing. And Fargo was able to give him more ice time, and he just kind of ran with it. So he go he goes into uh, his first college year. There's a lot of defensemen there, and there's a lot of I think two of them are uh, fourth round picks. There's a second round pick who's a similar age to him. Um, there's all kinds of other players. I think there was about ten players, if I'm not mistaken, nine or ten players that all looked like they might get ice time. Uh, how did he do? It was it, it was really it was really good. He like you said they had you know. Struble's a second rounder who's an 01 was the draft. Jordan Harris is a kid that he's played against and with his whole life as a f- third rounder by Montreal the same year Michael went. Uh, Ryan Shea was the captain. He was a fifth rounder by Chicago. So, you know, they had four NHL draft picks on the back end. So you knew and they had, you know, other guys that were coming back that are established college players. So we knew he was going to get an opportunity to play and he went in, worked hard. Um, did a really good job on the PK. So, and then they had some injuries early. Kislin got hurt and that gave him, he almost played, you know, I hate to say it. Most parents wouldn't say this, but there was a few games. I thought he played too much, but you know, when they had a few injuries, but he took advantage of it and first unit PK, second unit power play and regular shift. And their guys would really, their coaches would really lean on their top. They didn't have like a set pairings. They would move their guys around a lot. Okay. Michael got to play, like he'd play with Harris and he'd be out with Shea, like Shea would play. Shea and Harris played a ton of minutes. Yeah. They were kind of their top two guys. And then Michael and when Struble was healthy and Kislin, those guys would rotate in. So it was, it was good. It was, it was I mean, as a first year guy going into college hockey, you couldn't ask for much more ice time wise. So uh, on right, on the right side, because he's a right shot. Who else is, yep. the, who was his, who else plays the right side on that team? Or uh, was last year? Kislin. Um, Michael, and then they had Jared Bushler's a Montreal kid at yeah. a BCHL who was, you know, he was getting interest in the draft for this year. He was the other defenseman. Okay. Is Kissling, did you say Kissling? Yeah. Kissling. Yeah. Is he back? Yeah. He's a, he'll be a junior. So they only, the only D they lose is Ryan Shea. And then they're bringing in, uh, James Davenport, who's Michael's age from the BCHL. He's a, he's a local kid. Um, and they have another think they have another like depth defenseman they're bringing in, but their decor looks, you know, with Harris and Strubes and Michael co- all coming back, looks pretty solid. And they have the kid that some of the Canadians might hear his name, Levi, um, is the goalie coming in. They're already projecting him to be one of the world junior goalies. So is there going to be a season for, uh, for your, for the, for that <laughs> league? I think there's a lot of uh, uncertainty uh, everywhere in the world, and especially when you're dealing with universities. I mean, I know you guys see it. U of A already canceled their season yeah. for their CIS. Has announced they're not going to play till January 1st. Um, I talked to Coach Madigan a while ago, and he's confident they're going to play. Northeastern's told their students they're coming back. The nice thing about Hockey East is the travel is very limited. Like, their farthest game is four hours away on a okay. bus in, within their league. So like St. Cloud was supposed to come out and play them, but they've already canceled that. 
I think you're going to see a lot of the plane trips canceled that are yeah. out league games, but they've already, they can pick up games with teams in other leagues that are local to them. So I'm hopeful it's going to happen right now. I think there's a lot of wait and see with a lot of the schools as far as, you know, the division three level, there's been some schools canceled or fall sports, which that's concerning, but we're hopeful they're going to be back and playing. I, I know coach Madigan said they don't leave Massachusetts their first eight games. So they don't even have to leave the state. Okay. So it's a possibility they're, you know, they're, they're planning to play and, and yeah, right players. now the plan is they're going to play. Yeah. All right. So, uh, would there be any thought if there wasn't play, I guess you'd have to make, you know, he'd still have his scholarship, right. And, and schooling's important. Yeah, and would, would there be any thought of turning pro? Like if the, let's say the AHL went ahead and there wasn't college hockey. Well, the thing with Michael is he's got options because of his age. He's still yeah. junior. He could, he could go back and play in Fargo in the USHL. He could go to, technically he could go to the rem. We could call Quebec and he could go play as an OA. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the concerning thing for me is, you sign with Edmonton, they don't start till January. So what's, yeah. you know, and if the college hockey says they're going to start, like, I don't, I think there's going to be a season. I don't see them wiping it out. So okay. even if they delay it, like, how, I don't know if that makes much sense, but you never know. I, I think that, it, you know, it's just something you got to worry about the rules. Like if he goes back to the Fargo, can he come back and play in January? Like, how does that work? Does he, if he unenrolls from school and then comes back? So, you know, the school package is worth quite a bit of money. So it's, it's yes. tough in that town. So he 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 could practice at school too. He could work on his skill set. Like even if they're not playing games, he could have a real with a college coach who's a, in, you know, I'm guessing they're excellent skill coaches. Um, he could have that time on the practice ice. And in any case, during the fall. Yeah, they they start usually right when they get there. Um, they can go on the ice. I think it's four hours a week with their coaches before their season starts. Yeah, that's CWA rule, and then they work out and and do all that stuff. I mean that. That's going to get, I know last year was getting old by the time October ran around. So I don't know how yeah. long you want to do that. Like you got to let them out, get them playing. But I mean, and this, it's just crazy time. So you just kind of roll with the punches and hope that there's good news coming as far as, you know, vaccine or whatever it is that gets people, gets things back to normal. So uh, kind of in limited, we've never, I've never seen Michael in a game. So, so in limited viewings, just a dev camp, but you know, both Bruce McCurdy and I were just, completely impressed with the player as we said on the podcast you know when we were watching him there was this weird feeling of thinking like if you didn't know anything about these players on the ice and someone told you hey that kid there that six five kid who can really skate and is really competitive and it's smart that kid he was the order's first round draft pick this past year you know let's let's say not top of the draft but like yeah. you know 20 to 30 and if someone had told me that like, honestly, just from that watching his skill set, I would have thought, yeah, sure. Looks like it. He's He's got all the tools. Um, do, do you guys, do you see him that way? Um, do, you, do you see him as having, you know, fairly good potential of, to be a professional hockey player? Yeah, I mean, being a guy that played in the minors and knowing the business, nothing's yeah. never, it's way harder than most people think. So yeah. I think going to get a chance i mean being six five and right-handed it's probably going to get him some opportunities yeah um, but it's a lot i keep telling him it's hard work you got to keep going i think the mental is such a huge component for all these guys like you look what ethan bear did last year you know played in the minors for two three years they weren't sure he moves up had a great year for edmonton so being able to battle through and keep getting better and seeing other guys get opportunities like the day-to-day -day of playing pro hockey i did it in the minors it's not easy. Most people have no idea what a mental 
grind that is on kids. And especially these days, there's, I find that, you know, with everything, the world's changing and they're just not as mentally tough as they were maybe back in the day. So the kids that can, you know, work on that and be able to roll with the play. That's why I thought playing in the USHL was so important for Michael. Sit on the bench. Don't get to play all the time. Like that's, that's important. You got to learn to go through those things and keep getting better. And I think that's the big thing for Michael is just keep, I tell him all the time, focus on you. Cause he went to Northeastern and you know, they've got, like you said, other drafted players. He's like, dad, I don't know if I'm as good as like Jordan Harris. And I'm like, you don't have to be like Jordan Harris ain't six, five. You got to be the best Michael Kessler and you can be and see where that gets you. So, you know, just trying to keep him focused on him, what he can control, um, getting better. Like you said, I, I told him his draft year, he was ranked 70. I think the first rating, he was 55. He dropped to 75. He's a new England prep kid. There's a lot of unknown coming out of that level. Yeah. Um, you knew you're going to dra- drop when the euros come in and the goalies, you know, he went later than he, like we thought he was going to go fourth or fifth round. He went, I go, Michael, if the draft was in a year when you were 19, you would probably be, I told him back before the draft, you'd probably be a second, third rounder. Cause you're yeah. keep get, you just keep getting better and you don't want to be good when you're 18. You want to be good when you're 22. That's what yeah. matters. That's what really, I mean, unless you're Connor McDavid, that's what, that's what really matters. Cause I mean, you guys know the draft after the first, what, even halfway through the first round, it's a crapshoot where these kids are going to be four years yeah. down. The road. And, yeah. you know, that's why the, the late rounds are important to get sleepers that, you know, I know Edmonton didn't have, I think, I believe they didn't have a fourth or fifth rounder that year that Michael went and uh, it was weird. He had a lot of team, he had probably four or five teams that really liked him. And then other teams that, like didn't have like when he went to the combine he didn't interview with he interviewed with about 10 or 12 teams so we knew there was certain teams that really liked him and some that weren't that big on him and i said that's fine like we knew he's probably going to go and it's all what you do after you get drafted so the number doesn't really matter like you guys said all of a sudden he comes to dev camp looks good you know he's the nice thing now it's the the nhl teams are so involved with their draft picks like when i went to college they never talked to any of the college guys you know what they were you could get drafted here for five years now they're coming to your games. Like Scott Housen was at multiple games talking to Michael, you know, Hey, this is what we see you're doing well. And I mean, I think for kids, it's great. Cause he gets encouragement. Like he just, he got a call from Keith Gretzky the other day. He's like, yeah, Keith Gretzky just called me today. Like when Paul coffee was working for the Oilers, I thought that was the coolest. He comes out, he goes, yeah, I just talked to Paul coffee. I'm like, you just talked to who? Paul coffee. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, you better look that guy up. You might want to listen to what he tells you. So, um, yeah, so it's uh, it's it's a uh, it's a they're so involved. It's such a great process now for the kids. Okay, so uh, let's talk about some of the um, some of the other players that you you've been seeing. You you've seen Missouri play then? Oh yeah, I coached against him. Big, okay, so what kind of a player is he? Big, lanky, tons of skill. Um, has to learn to go to the dirty areas and. He's, I believe he's going to play in the USHL this year and then go to Providence College. Yeah. And he'll learn to play at, at, at in Providence. Coach Lehman coaches pro style. So that'll be good. You'll, he'll get a, once he gets to Providence, you guys will know based on how he does there, they'll get him ready for pro hockey if he's going to be able. I think that's going to be the key for Thomas is putting on weight. He's a late bloomer like Michael, getting stronger and be able to play more between the dots, but really tall, really good hands good vision, um, can score. And I think that'll be the key. I think this year in the USHL will be good for him too. So when you say he's got to learn, so he's got to get towards the net a little bit more like, yeah, he's he's, screening the goalie, taking the puck harder to the net, that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, he's more of a perimeter player. 
is what okay. I would say. And in prep school, he can get away with it because he's so much better than some of the other kids. Yeah. But, you know, he's going to go to the USHL this year. It's going to be way harder. And it'll be that he's going to have to learn to battle. And and I think that when he goes to Providence, same thing. Pro, Coach Lehman does a great job with his guys, and he gets them ready for pro hockey. So, Did he have his, the puck on his stick a lot then in, in the, yeah. at the high school level? Yeah. He was, so a he's used to playing that way. Yeah, ran the half wall in the power play. Okay. Um, so, yeah, he was he, he, he a real talented kid. More of a passer than a scorer. All right. So you've seen a lot of – did you see much of Matej Blumel? No. Okay. You've seen a lot of uh, Skylar Brindamore, correct? Yep. I recruited, about him. I recruited him to come to New Hampton. So trying to get Rod. I was trying to use the Notre Dame. I played with his uh, uncle – Mitch at Notre Dame, so I was trying to use that before he went to Northwood. But okay. uh, kid skates well. Um, he, you know, he got the right message in the car from the dad. So um, uh-huh. I think he had a really good. I I only got to see him a couple times last year. Did pretty well at Quinnipiac. Um, so and again, he's with another coach, Rand Pecknold, that does a good job with his guys. So I think he's going to be like a 200 foot. You know, if you're projecting out of where he's going to be as a pro, probably a third, fourth line guy that can kill penalties. Has enough, like he could probably play around all around your lineup. Has some skill, um, big guy that can skate um, and you know play physical, play the right way. Okay, so he doesn't have that elite kind of skill at the college level. Yeah, I wouldn't say that. Yeah, nowadays it's crazy how skilled the kids are. It's 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 like you watch like uh, the kid drafted by Anaheim that was at BU. He was an old one and he was like dominating the games last year. Um, he was the ninth overall pick. Last year's draft. Oh, um, played on the world junior team for the U.S. Zegras, Trevor, Trevor Zegras. Yeah, yeah. made that unbelievable pass. The world junior kid is is so good. He is a. Yeah, he's the talent of some of the guys now is it's crazy. These kids, what they can do. But. Appley Rasanen, you seen much of him? That's the BC hit the left BC. They. They played twice against Northeastern. I was at the first game, which I'm glad I didn't go to the second one because they kind of took it. They pounded Northeastern. It was probably their worst game of the year. But really can skate, can make plays. Um, was surprised he left BC to go back to Finland. I'm not sure yeah. what the story was there because might have been. I mean, BC have so many good forwards. Like after the game, I remember Michael telling me comes up and he goes, he goes, wow. He goes, they have two first lines, a second line, and a third line compared to the other league. <laughs> like, they have 14 NHL draft picks on their team. Like they've got kids that are high, high end. And, you know, he fit right in with that group and was a solid player, worked hard. Um, specifically, obviously I didn't watch him, but he had, he had a really good weekend against Northeastern when they played against them. So is he kind of a, what's, what's Rassenen's game? Like, do you, what, what do you, what would you say? I'd say again, projecting NHL, you'd probably say a guy that, you know, can do a lot, maybe like, um, Who's the guy from the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Swede? Is it Janssen? Like yeah. Gator yeah. can play, you know, second line, third line, versatile guy, can definitely skate. He's got good wheels, um, plays hard on pucks. So um, it'll be interesting to see how he does in the Finnish league this year. That was an interesting decision that he made because he, he had might, another year. He might have been worried about the college year and, you know, Finland's going to play. They're going to, he's going to get the, He'll get to play a full year in Finland, so maybe it was a development decision. Possibly. So Phil Kemp, have you seen much of him? Yeah, big, strong D, played World Juniors, steady Eddie, moves the puck, you know, not doesn't give you a lot offensively, but, you know, 
he's a cat. I think he's a captain at Yale as second or third year. That says a lot about your character at Yale uh, for coach Elaine. So I think he's, he's got to be a guy that Edmonton's excited to have in the system. Doesn't make a lot of mistakes, just moves the puck. And he's been a real good player for a lot of years in new England. So the players um, in uh, U.S. college hockey, there's this kind of situation where sometimes they don't sign with the team that drafts them. So this is always a concern. Well, it's been a concern at Edmonton. Edmonton's lost a couple players in this matter. Um, you know, the latest one was John Marino. Yeah. Um, who, uh, it's interesting, John Marino didn't have the best stats. Did you ever see John Marino much in yeah. college? What was he uh, like in He's at Harvard. Uh, he's overshadowed by Fox because Fox yeah. was dynamic. You know, everybody was talking about him. And, you know, it's kind of almost like Makar and Mario Ferraro. Like yeah. Ferraro was kind of overshadowed by Makar. And then he stepped in and played in the NHL this year. So, um, you know, Marino was kind of that same mold, more of a steady stay-at-home move it. And he, he went to Pittsburgh that had a need and filled the role and, you know, had a great year this year. And it's, I mean, just to get to your point about the college guys, I think that's the – uh, it's a thing. I mean, it's just the way the rules are. If you play your clock in major junior, you have two years to sign. If you don't sign, yeah. you go back in the draft for a college kid. You have your clock starts, you have four years. So like Michael played a year in the USHL that counts as a year. He's done his freshman year. If Edmonton don't sign him after this year, he could play another year and then he could do the same thing. He could become a free agent if he wants. So yeah. it's, I guess it's an advantage to the players that they have the call the guys at goal college. If you're going to be, you know, especially the mid to late rounders, it gives you more time to develop. And all of a sudden, if you take off and the team that drafts you doesn't have an open, doesn't look like they have a good situation for you. You can say like Jimmy VC is probably the biggest example of it. Cause he kind of, there was a yeah. lot of attention in the media when he did it. Um, and then you saw Fox's agent get him traded from Carolina yeah. to New York. At least Carolina got something back for it, but. You know, that's a decision the schools have to make. And I think a lot of it, too, is with the CBA, the kids can't get much coming out. Like, the rookies don't get much. It's not like yeah. they can say, hey, we're going to give you a bunch of money because we want you really badly. Everybody almost gets the same amount. So it's the money's not enticing. Um, so, guys, some guys will just sit back and decide where they want to go. As far as Michael goes, I mean, being drafted by the Oilers, being from a Canadian family, we, like, you know, we have no problem with that. And if they have a good opportunity for him, we'd be excited. How can you not be excited to play with two of the best players in the world if you have a chance? It's it's more about opportunity. What's their depth chart look like? Most guys are going to start in the American League. Are you going to be able to work your way up? So, I mean, that's something I kind of leave up to Michael's agent, Matt Cater, who's done it, been doing it for a long time and knows knows what's going on. So, you know, and how well he plays next year. How does Edmonton, where do they see him? What can they offer? And all that stuff is is out of my hands, but I think that's the thing about the college, the college guys that um, it's good they get more time to develop. So the NHL team isn't put put the gun put to their head to bring them out when they're 19, but they can lose some guys too, depending on how they want to play it out with their agents. Yeah, so the, uh, a few other high profile examples of this are Justin Schultz, who the Oilers signed because he wouldn't uh, he didn't he went the free agent route, and uh, uh, Riley Nash. Um, who the Oilers lost because it, he didn't want to come here. So it, sometimes it works, it works out. So, so, so in Michael's case, what year is it? The Oilers have his until the end of his junior year. They have his right after he plays three years of college, because he did the year in the USHL, he'll yeah. play four years. Once you've played four years, 
you can say, okay, we're coming out and we want to be, we're not going to sign. And then I think it's by August 15th. I think that's the rule. Yeah. Um, that he would become a free agent. So, so uh, after his junior year in August 15th, he, he would be a free agent after that. So he could sign, he could decide to leave college perhaps if, if that was the right decision after his junior year or he could, or his, after his second year, I guess too. Right? Yeah. So, Edmonton, Edmonton will decide. And the, you're always the, assessing that he's always assessing that. Like, yeah, I think that's the agent Michael talk and, you know, as a parent, I'd like to see him do three years because they do extra school in the summer and stuff. So if he does three years, he'll be almost graduated. So it'll be a lot easier yes. to get his degree. If he leaves after two years, that's a lot of school to finish. Yes. So, and having guys motivated to go back, it, it could be tough. But at the same time, it's Michael's life. His dreams to play in the NHL. You know, I always say he's majoring in hockey and minoring in school at Northeastern. So, is that uh, right? Eh? He, yeah. he just, and his dream really is to be a, an NHL player. Yeah. I mean, you you talk to like a lot of the big programs, like those. It's impressive, like the people back home, what the college kids get as far as strength and conditioning, like the practices. Like his assistant, the associate head coach Jerry Keith's been the world junior assistant coach the last two years for USA. Like their staff's really good. They do a great job and you know, the development they get and you talk to NHL scouts. That's why these college guys come to the development camp and they can, sometimes they blow the major junior guys out of the water because the major junior guys are playing so many games physically. They're not working out and developing where in college, you know, you got strength and conditioning, nutrition, they're working out. Those guys are coming in and they're a little older. They're coming in men, not boys. So it's, it's a different story. I'm just trying to think if there is another player on our list. I don't, believe that there is of the Oilers prospects that we haven't talked about just let me look at the list one more time here oh uh, do you know much about Graham McPhee have you seen him play uh the B is he a BC yeah that's George McPhee's son he's a winger yeah kind of a greedy winger power forward yeah yeah Um, yeah I've, I've seen him play big body like he's more like a you know if if it worked out in a perfect world, Edmonton's probably hoping he's like a Tom Wilson, like big kid <laughs> and bang bodies. You just don't see it a lot anymore. Um, you know, obviously he has good hockey pedigree and plays with some really good players at BC. But yeah, he's kind of more of a throwback power forward type kid. Is Michael much of a physical player himself? But how, how would you describe him? Um, I think he's adding that more now. I think, you know, like his first year in prep school, he probably didn't hit anybody all year because he was 135 pounds. But uh, <laughs> it's something like, you know, at six, five, we talk about him like, Hey, like you got to run guys one, like you got the angle. It's going to be expected. You play physical. Like you're going to have to add that to your game. So I think it's not something that comes naturally. He's got a real good stick and he's got long reach. So like, you know, he, he's pretty good at containing, poke checking like you'll, you watch highlights and all of a sudden he's got the puck on his stick and he makes a good pass and it's out of the zone so you yeah. know I think the NHL's become less physical more towards what he does uh, which is good for Michael but at the same time you know every once in a while you gotta you gotta lay the smack down I think I think Edmonton was excited to see him take a step that way physically this year I think the more weight he puts on and gets more confident that's only going to help too yeah because he's he's been playing against more mature play, like last year he was playing against guys what three sometimes three four years older right like yeah they could have like there's kids on his team that are born in 96 you know 95 you could have a 95 last year just depends on the team and how they recruit so most of the college guys are 19 to 24 probably the age of most of they now you're seeing the college go younger um with some of their top end guys i think because they're trying to keep the top end kids from going major junior and saying hey come in like a trevor zegris 
come in, play at BU. He'll probably, I think he already signed to leave yeah. and go to Anaheim. Like, what well, you see in more one and duns in, in college hockey. Um, but, you know, you're getting elite level talent to kids that'll come in to do that. So. Alrighty. Well, that's what I wanted to ask. Any other thoughts or anything you'd like to add or? No, just appreciate you having on and, you know, we're looking, hopefully get the season back going have something to watch on TV here with the NHL and hoping college hockey happens and, you know, go from there. I guess for, from a, from a player's perspective, like is, if there is that opportunity in Edmonton, just that thought of playing with McDavid and Dreisaitl, like, like he has that within his grasp, like that could happen in his career that if he just keeps at it and things go his way, he doesn't get injured and all these things turn out like in an yeah. end, uh, that that's a real possibility. So that's quite a carrot for a player in terms of chasing something, chasing after something. Yeah. You know, everybody wants to get points and stuff. And I'm like, pretty easy to get points. You just give it to 97 and let them go. Pass it to <laughs> You're going to get some points, but yeah, I mean, it's just about trying to, trying to keep it in perspective, keep his head on straight. Um, you know, mm-hmm. it can happen. To, a lot of things can happen to kids when they're young, as far as injuries or distractions yes. and all these things that can happen. So, you know, focus on enjoying. I tell them now, I go, I, I'd give my left, I, I'd probably give a toe to go back to college for another year and play college hockey. So there's nothing, there's nothing like playing. It's you know, in the minors, I played in some in front of some big crowds. But when you're you're at BU and the bands playing and the chants are going and you know, that's something that's, it's a unique experience. My mom came down, they won the bean pot this year, which for people out West probably don't understand how big a deal that is in new England, but that it had the largest crowd ever for a bean pot final. They beat uh, BU in the final in overtime and that 18,000 people at the Boston guard. My mom was blown away. She had no idea like how big of a deal that was. It was on national. Now it's on that. And now the great thing is college hockey's on TV. So it's on national TV here. You guys can even watch it. I think the game was on TSN too. Oh, really? The Beanpot final was on TSN. I think TSN and uh, the TSN uh, online covered about five or six Northeastern games. So it was good family back home could watch them. And so that was, that, it's nice. The world's becoming so much smaller with technology. So that so was. Can you, go on, can you go on YouTube and watch his games? Um, you can go on the Northeastern website. Uh, yeah. They live stream all their games. Um, and then Hockey East did a deal with CBS. So if you go to CBS online, uh-huh. I think like five dollars a month you can watch all the hockey east games cool so, yeah all right coach well thanks for taking time to talk to me today no i much appreciated no problem be safe you too well we'll leave it there and in the meantime and in between times this has been another edition of the cult of hockey podcast